Welcome into Sports Talk. We're kicking off two hours of fun for you, going until 6 o'clock tonight, and then Illinois women's hoops later on this evening at 6.45 as they have a very important road game against the Nebraska Huskers. My name is Scott Beatty, and I'm pleased to tell you that the trade deadline for the NBA has come and gone, and neither Lauren Tate nor Evan Kahn have been uh, sent away. So (laughs) here in the 4 o'clock hour, Lauren, you are still here, and I'm glad to see it. Well, it's it's so massive. I wouldn't even attempt to go beyond Durant and and uh, Gary Payton is a name I know, and Irving is a name I know, and a few names. But my goodness, uh, it's just incredible. Nineteen trades, and and a lot of them involving two and three and four players, oh, it's... and all manner of draft picks. I mean, no draft picks seem to be uh, pretty easy to get. Your son, who uh, watches and analyzes the NBA, and we've talked to plenty here on these airwaves, sent me a note. Just he called it a hurricane of trades mm-hmm. in the last yep. eighteen hours. And if you missed it, you woke up, and all of a sudden, Kevin Durant is going to Phoenix. It's going to change the playoffs. I mean, it's going to change the teams that may even get in the playoffs that wouldn't otherwise have gotten in, or maybe teams that were in or will fall out. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's massive, and and it's almost like. <laughs> it's almost like they have a mid-season transfer portal. That's what we need in, in college, right? <laughs> yes. How about a February 1st uh, <laughs> trade tra- deadline? <laughs> yeah, a transfer deadline. Let everybody just change teams right in the middle of the season. That's what they're doing in the NBA. They're all switching switching teams. Uh, yep. Uh, Russell Westbrook traded by the Lakers. Yep. Uh, Jay Crowder goes uh, from the Suns to the Nets. In this huge deal, Nets send Irving. I mean, the Nets said, "Yeah, we're done." I mean, if there were three players involved in each trade, that's fifty-seven players <laughs> that have moved. Yeah, just this past week. Yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling. So it's, it's closer to you know, it's probably closer to sixty players that that are moving, and that's a good portion of the league. We really ought to spend some time analyzing the moves that the Bulls made. Yeah, they didn't make any. <laughs> we're done analyzing the moves that the Bulls made. That's right. There were reports uh, or talk that Zach Levine may go to the Knicks, but mm-hmm. that that never happened. Um, well, he's pretty valuable. I mean, I I I would have hated to see him trade him. I don't know what, who you get in return. Well, the book, B- Bulls are on the verge of being just okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're fighting to be. I know, I know, and. I don't know how you get out of that because I I just don't know. Coming up, Scott Ritchie's coming in. Uh, I'm sure he'll have NBA thoughts. Uh, well, you were well the, one, the you're one that brought this up a while ago. I mean, what if what if uh, Edie became available at midseason here from Purdue? Well, and who, uh, who would we trade for him? It was probably, and I didn't even read the article, but I saw <laughs> I saw a link on on CBS Sports that said college basketball trades that we would make. So it's just <laughs> hypothetical, but I thought what would Teams in the Big Ten like Illinois um, or Michigan State or Indiana or whoever try to trade for if they could instantly get try to wheel and deal for the players they wanted. Well, did you? Re- how did you react when I said that Purdue is a team made up of Edie, 
two freshmen and two other guys you don't even know their name. Like I do to a lot of things you say. I laughed. <laughs> but it's the truth. I know. I often laugh at the truth. I mean, as long as you can, if, as long as you got a guy that's going to require two defenders, that's going to make it pretty good for everybody else. Yeah. What would be your price if you're Purdue for Zach? Eadie? Oh my goodness. What would we give for him? Future future recruits. <laughs> yeah. Two number two of your current <laughs> best players and three well, we, future we've got, recruits. We've got some commitments. Can we give them the? <laughs> Uh, I mean, but, you know, I, I, Illinois would, in seriousness, I think Illinois would want to f- try to trade for a shooter. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and go, go find a really good uh, dead-eye shooter. We're hopeful we got one that's joining the team right now. Yeah. Luke Goody can, can shoot, but uh, we thought Melendez could shoot, too. Yeah. And that didn't work out. Well, did they it? both could shoot. One of them's putting it in the basket a little better than the other. That's the difference. Anyway, we'll talk to Scott a little bit about about the Illini next hour. Uh, Evan and I will chop it up. We might be able to connect with uh, Illinois men's basketball. They're going to have their media availability in the next hour. They were supposed to do that tomorrow, like they usually do before a game, which in this case would be Saturday. Uh, but they, they're moving it today, I suspect, because they're having a big dedication ceremony for Ubbin tomorrow, so everything's kind of tied up. And we're also going to visit with Jeff Carson. He's an author, and he has written a new book that has just come out about uh, the legacy of Peoria in producing professional basketball players and, and, and producing a pipeline of players to a lot of places, and, of course, Illinois very notably, and a lot of names that you know are featured and written about in this book. Lauren Tate's even mentioned in the book as well. Was I mentioned? Yeah, Jerry Hester mentions you in the book. <laughs> so uh, Jerry yeah. Hester said you called him the Pied Piper because he kind of helped Did start I? the well, you know, the second you know, wave I, there. I could go back further than that. Well, yes, there was, that's what I'm saying. You know, it was the next. It you, was the second. I could wave. go to Doug Altenberger's dad. Yeah, <laughs> there was a little bit of a back? gap. You know, there was the the Tony Weisinger, Doug Altenberger, mm-hmm. um, and, and Mark Smith. Mark Smith, yes, Derek Holcomb, Holcomb yeah. There was that group, and then there was a little bit of a break, and then you in the 90s got the next wave that a lot of them came out of manual, but other places too that went all, I think in this next wave, the more contemporary wave to me, there was 19 straight years with a Peoria player on the roster. That's what he said. Of Illinois. Yeah. And there were other great ones that didn't go to Illinois, A.J. Guyton and Sean yeah. Livingston and, yeah. and others. And others like we that. tried hard for Livingston. I remember him visiting over here, and mm-hmm. I had hopes, and I remember him. Standing there, and we didn't get him. The chapter on Wayne McLean will really grab you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just re, Wayne is Wayne is the force behind a lot of it. Yeah, but but going into who he was, and there's various, you know, I guess almost vignettes or chapters on a lot of different people. But going into who he was, how he was as a father, how he and Sergio, uh, you know, he he almost hung it up coaching because he didn't want to ruin the relationship he had with his son. And and from then on, I think Sergio saw his dad in a different light. And then all the way to coming to Illinois, to going to Kansas State with Bruce, to coming back, not letting people know about uh, the lung cancer he had, uh, which, by the way, he got without ever smoking. And, um, you know, there's a note in there that I learned. I didn't know. He may, he, he may when he was young, have had a summer job cleaning out asbestos, and they wonder if that's what what caused things uh, to go south for him uh, in his health. But, man, what a guy and, and what a coach and what a legacy he left. Anyway, there's all kinds of those stories in it. So 
We'll talk to the author, Jeff Carson. Also, we have uh, fun on Thursdays. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. Two out of three. Got trivia questions for you and some gift cards to the Esquire. Topics today in two out of three next hour if you want to play. Be up on your basketball and your football. There you go. Basically kind of the stuff we talk about here. So, Mr. Tate, uh, we, before the show started in our pre-production meeting, <laughs> okay. you're realizing there's going to be some questions or maybe some answers that we're going to get about uh, Illinois and Big Ten football before too long here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I think that starts on the 20th, the meetings, the Big Ten meetings with all the – they're going to have to figure out the, the schedules. They're going to fig- figure out the common opponents. They're going to – they're going to break up the the divisions, I'm afraid, and and uh, it's just going to be a. It's all going to be bad news for us. I can tell you that it's just it's not going to be good news. We like it the way it is. We like these seven schools in this Western Division. It gives Illinois a chance, and now we're going to be thrown into a conference uh, uh, to a 16-team conference that's going to be led by Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, maybe UCLA. And, you know, those are the schools. And those, those are the, they're going to be the dominant programs. And, and Illinois is going to be right in there uh, fighting to try to get fourth place or fifth or sixth or whatever they can get. Okay. Is there a chance Illinois gets the least of the evils that they you mean as don't far want? As the three? Well, I, I, I would assume they're going to protect Illinois Northwestern. Yeah. I, I think that's a good assumption. And I think that we'll get one other. School either Purdue or Indiana. I assume Purdue, but it could be Indiana. And then we might get a UCLA. We might get a USC. We might get somebody. You know, who knows who the third one will be? But I would, I would hope they just can't give Illinois, Northwestern, Indiana, and Purdue. That's not fair to the rest of the conference any more than it's fair, as I said to you earlier, and it's fair for Michigan to have to play Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State. Well, I think a lot of people would see that as fair. Yeah, yeah. We, we over here we'd see over here we see the seven team Western Division as fair. Yeah. Over there, they don't see the Eastern Division as fair. Well, then they may they may say something like, "You're always playing Ohio State and always playing Michigan State," uh-huh. and then you get Rutgers. Yeah, you know, or you get Maryland, That's something right. like that. That's what they'll do uh, to keep it. To, to balance who, that out. Who was a common opponent for U, UCLA? <laughs> USC. I mean, yeah, well, and, I understand uh, that part, but who are the other Well, Nebraska's two? the closest <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> well, yeah, give them Nebraska and Iowa. There you go. But Iowa wants to play Wisconsin. They want to play Nebraska, and they want to play Minnesota. That's their three common opponents. That Here's they, my question. Is Iowa going to stay as relatively good as they've been? They will not let go of that offense. And they've put an ultimatum out there to go score 25 points per game, but their recruiting is down. Well, the recruiting is better than it was at Illinois this year. I mean, they out-recruited us. Yeah. I mean, if you believe in the rankings, Illinois is, what, 43rd uh, composite nationally? Yeah. Eighth, seventh, eighth in the Big Ten? Yeah. I was ahead of them. Yeah, but I just don't know, can, can Iowa keep up? Well, Iowa can keep up because their defense is good and they're not desperate for defensive tackles. We've recruited one defensive tackle in three years. I mean, we've got to get in the portal and find somebody. Yeah. Now, you're, we're lucky. We, we paid through the nose to get Newton to come back. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. because we had to have him. 
and we have to have Randolph. I mean, we've got two good tackles, but who's the third tackle? Fair and, question. And who's the nose tackle? Fair question. And and Illinois is in good shape in a lot of positions, but I would tell you that after this year, they've got to find some defensive tackles somewhere. I mean, this is this is major consideration here. I mean, you if you don't have defensive tackles, you can't stop the run. We'll come back. Scott Ritchie is going to saddle up in here. If you got anything on your mind or questions, Castle Heating and Cooling text line is an excellent option. That's 217-351-5357. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. We welcome you back to Sports Talk. Joined by Lauren Tate, I'm Scott Beatty. And Scott Ritchie, the News Gazette's Illini beat writer, is in the house as well. Good to see you, sir. And uh, might I say, you're looking good. Thank you. Well, I know, uh, as you put out on Twitter, you've been doing the walking thing. Have you been enjoying it? Um, Except for today. <laughs> it's a little windy today. I mean, I mean, look at you, everyday guy. Maybe I should have looked at the the weather a little closer, but 25 mile an hour winds with gusts much greater than that. Like when they can almost knock me over, like that's windy. But uh, I made it through. Have you lost some weight? Yeah. I'm just I I'm impressed with your your stick itiveness on it. And uh, is it, is Underwood giving you tips or a program to follow? <laughs> no, I should talk the, to him about it. The Underwood um, program. Yeah, it'd be easier in a maybe a warm weather state. But uh, yeah, yeah but that doesn't build character. No, I've built a lot of character today. <laughs> By the way, I, I'd like to know your uh, answer to the question we've been asking. You know, there were like 19 trades in the in the NBA for involving like 60 players right in the middle of the season. Can we do that in the Big Ten where we can just everybody <laughs> go where they? Lauren want wants to, to trade for Edie. <laughs> oh, I think everyone wants to trade for Zach Edie. Um. Right now, no, but I'm going to never say never because... Wait about two months, huh? I, I mean, college basketball has changed a lot. Um, <laughs> so who's to say, you know, I mean, the whole, you know, having to be enrolled in those, you know, for, well, you know, for everybody, classes kind of... Everybody seems unhappy, but I'm, I'm thinking about this. The players are happy. They get to go wherever they want, and, and they're all making money. So, I mean, why wouldn't they be happy? Well, because... You They're always ha- looking can, for more. You can have players happy well, or you can have does. coaches happy, but you can't have yeah. both. <laughs> I, I think if the, it wasn't that whole pesky school thing that you just let's put the put trades in college basketball. Well, people used to come on to shows like this or Saturday morning and say, why doesn't the Big Ten have drafts? You know, you, you sign up to play in the Big Ten. It was like, oh, because there's school. <laughs> and people pick their schools what and you know their majors didn't and things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when did school quit mattering? That's what. I, but you you mentioned the co- and and I'll just throw this out because it might even be something I write about. But Harry Combs came from Champaign High School to be the head basketball coach at the University of Illinois. You know what he did in the summer? Painted houses. He sold insurance to enhance a twelve thousand dollars salary as coach of the University of Illinois. It's gone up a little bit. Now, would he be happier making $4 million? 
<laughs> um, Lauren, I got to tell you, I'd be happier making. He wouldn't $4 have million. to sell insurance, would he? You have no. to recruit hard, though. Yeah. What's the old line? All I want is a chance to prove that four million dollars won't make me happier. Because money uh, can't buy happiness. Yeah, <laughs> but it can buy a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of Air Force Ones. I'd, I'd need a whole new room. A lot of shoes for you to walk around in. Uh, you wrote about Luke Goody. Good morning, Illinois Illini Nation update that you put out. Uh, what does this gap of a week do one way or another for the prospects of Luke Goody getting significant playing time? Significant playing time? Um, maybe nothing. Playing time, I think, will come. And would have been good to maybe get him on the court against the Minnesota team that was 1-11 in the Big Ten, a game that... If it went as expected, Illinois would have maybe had the opportunity to kind of You mean a bit of a cushion? Yeah, I mean, a a blowout in the making. Um, Yes, that would have been a perfect opportunity for Luke to play. Um, Saturday against Rutgers, maybe not the best opportunity, but he's had another, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, five practices by the time they play on Saturday to get his conditioning, you know, to a better level. Yeah. to just get into a flow on the court with his teammates. I think that's as big as much of an important thing that he's missed is just, you know, basketball at his best. There's some synergy there. That's a break for him because, you know, the problem with playing game after game, playing game every other day or every third, you don't get many practices. I mean, they can practice him alone, but as far as having the team really go through it, you, you know, practices aren't the same when you have a lot of games. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. I think he'll play Saturday against Rutgers. So I mean, have to figure out how it works with him back, you know, in some shape or form in the rotation. Just kind of how he fits with, you know, this Illinois team because they played for months without him. And um, if he comes in, and knocks down a bunch of threes, I think it it fits fine. It's like okay, well, Luke, you're going to play significant minutes. I don't know that significant happens on Saturday. Sure. Yeah, well, that I understand. I, I know there there'd be a progression toward it, but I just wondered if that really disrupted it. No, I mean I think there are probably more benefits to just having this week to be on the court, and not everything was about Rutgers until maybe today, certainly tomorrow. Um, but he just got to maybe just go out and hoop a little bit with his team. With the team, I think is the important part. The game's still 40 minutes long, so he's got to take minutes from somebody, whether they're two minutes or eight minutes or 17 minutes. Am I wrong to assume those are R.J. Melendez's minutes that get cut back? Not entirely, especially if R.J. still you know struggles with his shot. He has played good defense, which Brad Underwood values sure. just as much. Um, but if Luke can match R.J. or even get close defensively, but also make some shots, which would open up the court for Terrence Shannon to get to the basket, Jay Epps to get to the basket, you know, Ty Rogers to get the basket, etc. I think you have to make that move. Yeah. What can they do to get Shannon going again? It's a good question because he needs to. I mean, his production has dipped in the last three games. I mean, he hasn't been maybe at that level where you know that he set for himself you know, early in the season just by being consistently productive and good all the time um he's at his best getting to the rim 
Um, I think he's gotten in a few games has gotten caught up and you know, he makes an early three, so he starts launching more. And I get it. He had that one game against UCLA. He made eight of nine, but that doesn't it hasn't happened again. Um, I, mean, I just think offensively, him driving to the hoop, finishing better. I mean, he, he hasn't finished particularly well, you well a, either. You got a team of Iowa that you can you, you would expect him to get some drive-ins against, and he didn't. No, I um, don't think he had a, a lay-in in the game that, that he made one. He had some opportunities, but he didn't make any. And Illinois can make his life easier by making more threes because you know teams can just kind of you know, if they don't respect Illinois as shooters, they just kind of pack it in a little more. Yeah. And driving yeah. lanes narrow, and as big and strong as Shannon Shannon is, like he's got to have at least a little room to operate. Mm-hmm. Scott Ritchie is here with us. It's a big game on Saturday. And Illinois needs to protect home court. Rutgers could not handle Indiana on the road. We talked about it earlier in the week, Lauren and I did, about whether it matters or not. But I guess if you maybe you wanted Rutgers to win against Indiana if you're an Illini fan because maybe Rutgers is a little uh, less guarded or a little less hungry because they already, you know, if, if I'm Rutgers, I'm thinking Indiana and then Illinois on the road, let's at least go one-on-one. So now they may be really, like, we got to go get this. Yeah, and to be fair, they might have been that way regardless of the outcome. Yes. Yeah. Based on how Steve Peichel has sort of, you know, built that program. But, um, I mean, it was a six-point game at Indiana. I mean, it wasn't a terrible loss by any stretch of the imagination. I'm curious to see how they kind of continue to move forward. Um, without uh, Moat Mag in their rotation. I mean, they have certainly have other talented players. Um, yeah, the guy comes off the bench, he's got good numbers. Yeah, so Can't it just... Can't name, but... But that, it changes the dynamic a little bit. Um, but I don't expect there to be a ton of scoring on Saturday. Um, Rutgers is one of the best defenses in the country. Illinois... Not quite at that level, but they're better defensively than they are offensively. So it could be a very physical, kind of grinded out game. And that it suits Rutgers. I mean, I think this Illinois team would be better if they can get out and run, score a lot of points. Um, so we'll see. But it's, I think Big Ten fans have to make the mental switch that this is not the Rutgers you used to know. Like, this is a good team, good program. And they're going to be competitive at the top of the Big Ten, so it's a good. It's a good game to win if you're Illinois. That, and you need some more quality wins on your NCAA tournament resume. I see. Uh, it's time for Epps to get some special attention defensively. I, I think the teams are going to start to be more concerned with him, particularly on his drives to the right side. Just as they have stopped Shannon's drives to the left side, if one if a guy goes the same way every single time, sooner or later people figure it out. And I think that's one thing that, uh, that he'll have to adjust to because I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to start overguarding him in that, on that side. Yeah, and I mean, it helps Jaden Epps that he has Taron Shannon on the court because you know he's not going to probably face Caleb McConnell, who is... Well, I, the other thing is I, I, I like him shooting threes, too. Yeah, I mean, he just has the same problem the rest of them have is he hasn't made a terrific percentage, but uh, he is a good shooter. I, I don't know what's... I look at this Illinois team. It's like, okay, I understand why Brad Underwood says they're a good shooting team, but like they're not making that many. I just I don't know where the disconnect is. When you are the coach, you 
talk to your players and you tell them they are good shooters. That's what you do. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether they are or not. It's what you do. It's what you say. It's what I'd say if I'm coach. Yeah, but I mean, I watch them in warm-ups, just, and not even looking at them, because that's makes against nobody, but just like looking at their form, like they, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Then they get in the game, yeah. and the form looks the same, and the shots don't fall. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, at this point, Matthew Meyer, shoot all the threes you want. He's the one guy making them at a, a He's better He's the only clip. guy over what I consider to be an acceptable number. He's the only one over 35%. Epps is close. Yeah. Epps is just under 35 but he could pull over with a good night, and I I think he's I think he's going to be a scorer his whole life. I think he's just a natural scorer, and he does it so many different ways too. I mean, That's you just right. can't, and you don't notice put him, him in a that box. much. I mean, he just kind of picks up his twelve, fourteen points every game and he goes about his business. There are worse and things. He doesn't to make have. turnovers. More importantly, Paul Mulcahy's Twitter account has been deleted. <laughs> Did he delete it, or I he, think so? Was he told to delete it? Or? Well, I don't know. He so Mulcahy he may or may not have tried to trip Trace Jackson Davis in the Rutgers Indiana game, and the well, Indiana not he tried, he tripped him. <laughs> yeah, and the yes, the intent. Uh, <laughs> I tried to explain this to my six-year-old daughter the other night when she she uh, uh, she was spilled something on her brother. And she said, well, I didn't mean to, so I don't have to apologize. Like, well, no, you still have to. <laughs> but anyway, I, apparently the Indiana faithful tried to take it to Paul Mulcahy on, on Twitter. So he's he's opted out of the, the Twitter game, which is wise, considering that uh, Illinois is regarded as a very uh, vociferous Twitter base as well. You know, a little bit. Um, I don't know that deleting his Twitter is going to deflect – uh, the in-person um, <laughs> vitriol that he might uh, might get hit with on Saturday. Well, he is uh, he, he's a he's a, he's he's the classic. You love him if he's on your team. You really don't like him if he's not on your team. Kind of kind of player. Yes, and I have read and seen that he's like a good dude. I, I'm not talking. You know, maybe there's ugliness here on the court. I'm not sure, but outside of it, there's yeah, but. In between the lines, like he's gonna do whatever it takes. It seems like, um, which is I, fine. Again, if I he's mean, on your team, you like it. I guess I don't know. Okay, uh, so a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Did you watch the LeBron record-breaking moment, and what did you think of it? Did not watch it, and. I mean, I guess it's cool Kareem was there. Yeah. But, I mean, LeBron's played for, uh, what, 20? Yeah. 20 years? Like, he's going to play for, I'm going to think, get Bronny in the league. Does he wait for Bryce? I don't know. Uh, there'd be a little. It doesn't look like much. he's lost much in that 20 years. I mean. No, and he's just he's such a different, I mean, there's just nobody like him, really. I mean, just with his size and his strength but also his athleticism like he's a really good passer too i mean yeah like he was bound i think to do this does that make him the greatest of all time no but <laughs> he's a really really good basketball those player. are fighting words <laughs> he's if not the greatest he's the second greatest sure i'm willing to give him that 
But I do feel like, because I, I do have the soft spot for Michael Jordan, but then everyone's like, well, LeBron was a pass-first guy and just wanted the best shot to be taken on the court. Mm. And uh, yeah, maybe. I feel like a little bad about that. No, I mean, I don't know that that's also the full truth. Um, it's a good Listen, passer. whatever the collective media says is the full truth. Yeah. Michael Jordan uh, has done something that LeBron James has never done, and that's when MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. What do you make of all the trades today? Especially the Bulls trades that they made. Oh, all zero of them. Um, it's not unsurprising. Mm-hmm. Well, you woke up this morning, and then Kevin Durant's going to Phoenix. Yeah, I, I think that my favorite stat that I saw today was that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden played 17 games together for the Brooklyn Nets. Big three. Really worked out. Super team. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest failure maybe in NBA history, considering the amount of money that they put into it and the talent that they had, and it never evolved. It never developed. Yeah. For, a, for the largest city in the United States across the boroughs to just have at best mediocre basketball. I don't get it. I mean, the Nets tried. Yeah. At least. I don't know that the Knicks have tried very hard. Um, but Well, they could have had Zach Levine. At this point, I'm willing to give him away. Um, for Zach Eady. How about that? Zach Levine to Purdue for Zach Eady. But just in a three-team trade. The Bulls, the Purdue, and Illinois. <laughs> The Nets, it was just never going to work, though. If you just look at the personalities of the players involved. Um, I mean, James Harden, jump ship on several teams. Kyrie Irving thinks the earth is flat. Um, <laughs> I feel bad for Kevin Durant because I think he's the best basketball player of that bunch. And even he, you know, kind of has orchestrated, you know, his way to, to multiple super teams. But um, at least they got a lot of first-round picks back. Yep. There's always that. All right, so you got to get to the media availability for the Illini. You could walk there if you mm -hmm. want. I've, I've been there, done that today. No, thank you. All right. I'm just saying. I don't Everyday my, guys I would, don't have my walk walking there. shoes on. Well, the wind's out of the south. It'll help you along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe getting there. <laughs> Coming Lauren back. Will, Lauren will pick, give you a ride back. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll pick you up when I, <laughs> on the way back. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Scott. That's Scott Ritchie from the News Gazette covering the Illini. Lauren and I have more. We are going all the way till 6 o'clock. Evan's in an hour number two. We're also going to play two out of three. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. And one of those games is coming up in just over two hours. Uh, on Twitter, Derek Neal put this... Uh, succinctly, he's a former sports information director. Just said this is this is a big one uh, for Illinois on the road against Nebraska. In terms of the net, this win tonight would be the Illini's uh, second best win of the season, other than the defeat of Iowa, just because it's on the road and where Nebraska is in the net, which is at 41. So, Shauna Green. Head coach to the Illini talks about this game tonight against Nebraska and being on the road. Really tough game at their place, and, and they're just a really good team. They're fighting. They're one game behind us, so we're all kind of fighting for the same the same thing. So they can shoot the three at a high level. Uh, they have an inside presence. 
Um, we have got to be really, really disciplined defensively because you can't let – and their makes are averaging 10 made three-point shots a game. So we have got to be locked in and, and really defend in the half court and, and obviously in transition as well. Down low, Markowski, what's the challenge with her? The challenge is it's it's kind of like in Iowa. You can't double her a lot because they have so many good and, and you know potential shooters on the perimeter. So we're gonna have to do a good job of, of being able to play one on one. And and at the end of the day, you know threes are worth more than two. So we're gonna really try to defend the three point line. If we have to bring a double here or there, we may. But it's not something you can do consistently against them because they're really good at passing out of it and and identifying that. What's this team showing you about their abilities on the road? Your team, that is. Yeah, you know, I think we've we've done a decent job on the road. Um, you know, we haven't per se got that big win yet. Um, you know, Missouri was probably the biggest win on the road, but it's it's hard to beat anyone on the road. Um, and and this is just you know we gotta. I actually think this team does a pretty good job of playing well when we're away from here and I think it is you're together you don't have a ton of distractions um, but this is a big game it's a big game for for both teams and and we're you know we play each other twice in the next two weeks and and we're fighting for a lot of things so um, I expect this team will be ready to compete seven o'clock it tips off the women have had somewhat of a similar story as the men in terms of a decline a bit in three-point shooting mm-hmm. it comes and goes it always yeah. does well and Makaira cook said yesterday hey there uh, teams are sinking against us in the paint mm-hmm. not letting us drive and that's not creating open looks or, or good opportunities for threes but there's been other good ones that they just have not hit ball just doesn't go in well it you know they could break out tonight we do, you never know about the three-point shot that's why that's why the game of basketball is so incredibly inconsistent uh, and this year, if you just follow the games one by one, there are two more upsets last night. I mean, it's just every night it's just stunning upsets that you wouldn't expect it. But the three-point shot will just – the first thing I do when I look at a box score of a game I haven't seen, I look, I look at the three-point shooting to find out this team made nine and the other team made three. That's a big difference, 27 to nine. Yep, and every time it's not a three, you know, it's – Two points is not as much as three. It's kind of as simple in the math on that side of things. Yep. Well, it, it's it's a big one for Illinois tonight. Wisconsin Penn State game was just going along and it's tied right at the end. And oh, Seth Lundy just how did he do that to to tie up that game? Well, that's that's he got tied, but but the main thing was then it came a three by Wisconsin to win it. Yeah, I know. But how? Seth Lundy did that to tie the game was incredible. But that game, you look at the numbers and the whole thing was you could almost put it into a computer and said, Yeah, this game's gonna come out to an overtime game. Just the way those two teams play, it it was perfect yep. for it it was one of those games where you could predict and it would for sure happen. It's just the type of teams they are and how they play. But you know, you get the you come to the end of the game, one team comes down and has an open three and misses it. The other team has a guarded three and makes it. What's that tell you? I don't know. It's just, a, it's just a flip of the coin. I mean, some go in and some don't go in. That three-point shot that Penn State missed was down into the basket and flipped out. I think the guy that shot it, I don't remember what his name was. I, I think he thought it was in. Yeah. On the men's side tonight, it's uh, Iowa visiting Purdue. Purdue is getting eight points at home against the Hawkeyes 
and uh, I was listening to a conversation. Is there who's the who's the Big Ten Player of the Year? Is it Edie or is it Trace Jackson Davis? It's, it's Edie. It's still Edie. It's it's still Edie. But it's not over. It's not over. I don't. I, I mean, the last these these games count now. Yeah, but he is. He's just been too consistently good, and mm-hmm. Trace Jackson Davis has come on lately, and Edie was better in, in the it, game it, against Indiana. The game of the world for women's hoops tonight is in the Big Ten, and that's number five, Iowa, against number two, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I think Indiana's the best team. The best player is on Iowa. But I think Indiana, because of their defense, I think they slow down Iowa enough. It's funny. The women's side of Iowa is a little bit similar in, in, to the men's side, and they are a very good offensive team. By the way, have you noticed how crowds are, are growing in Big Ten women's basketball? Yes. Yep. Yep. The women are taking over. I was reading an article. Uh, uh, somebody was saying we the, 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 the women's hoops made a mistake in going as long as they did with a huge long deal. The NCAA did in how long they went with their media rights deal and March Madness and all that, and they said they could have had a much bigger deal and more money distributed out to the schools. They really hurt themselves. It was very, it was like a ten-year deal that I think they set back in 2011. I learned something today. I learned something every day. Hopefully, hopefully, about women. And I don't know if the mullahs are going to be happy about this, but the women, there are more women getting educated in this universe, in this country at the college level than men. And within this decade, there will be twice as many women earning degrees as men. Twice as many, two to one, women over men before this decade is out. Wow. I wonder why. Check the wall. I don't know. I thought I was I mean, I, I wonder why it wouldn't be more even. But. I don't know, but it, it, it's been... It's been going this way since 1980. Wow. 40 years, 43. I mean, it was close in 1980. And it's been ever since then, the women have been out, out, out running us. They're more, I think men go to work early, sooner. And I, 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 did, I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody could, we should have uh, brought this up. I should have brought this up when we had time for somebody to call in and explain it to me because... <laughs> It's a fact. Can you imagine with, by, let's say, say by 2028, 2028, there'll be twice as many women earning degrees as men. Well, I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I mean, other than it's wonderful when everyone gets an education. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just got about 52 texts at once, and they all said, Basically, they're glad that you finally learned something about women. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you did. Uh, no, you specifically, it, it, Lord. I, well, I understand. I understand. <laughs> but I, but, and, and obviously, I don't know enough. But I will tell you, that's, that's amazing statistic. Yeah. And it's, 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 I, don't, I, I think it's good on one side. I mean, it's, it's wonderful that the women have, have made this kind of movement. Look what they're doing in athletics. And I, I just started by... This whole subject with with how they're drawing, yes, it's I mean, it's it's great for the game and and the Big Ten is. We're become, seeing sellouts in some Iowa and Indiana. They're, oh yeah, they're regularly going past ten thousand, and Iowa will get a sellout. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a big crowd tonight in Nebraska because they go to everything there. Mm-hmm. 
Their That's fans right. go to every sport. They really support them. Our transition segment is next. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. DWS. Okay, Lauren, are you ready for the next venture in NIL? And and I think there could be opportunity for you with this as well. I'm listening. BYU has set up Cruise with the Cougs. Cruise out of Long Beach, California to Ensenada, Mexico on a four-day carnival cruise. Hang out on the ship, have dinner, and relax with football players. And they name the four football, football. players are on the cruise. On huh? the cruise. Find out more details and reserve your trip at CougConnect.com. Must be a Coug Connect, whatever that thing is. Subscribe to attend this event. How much are they getting? I don't know, but my question is, is how much would you charge to cruise with Lauren? <laughs> There's an NIL There's opportunity probably an amount they'd give to not have to cruise with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would pay a lot of money not to go on a cruise, am I right? Oh, yeah. I have no business on a cruise. No business. You've only recently started learning about women. I don't know if you should go on cruises. <laughs> uh, you know what? You you. There's just going to be something new every day with NIL and the ways that players oh, uh, can yeah. make money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But let's I could just see, I could see it like get, let's get a couple of basketball players, some some football players and uh, we're going to But here's the good thing if you're a player, you don't have to do anything and they still pay you. <laughs> this is no, not No, Lauren, you're, well you're if you're paying paid for your name, image and likeness, you already have those things. That's right. I mean, all you got to do is sign your name. It's an autograph and get a million dollars for it. Yep. <laughs> all right, sir. Uh, we'll give you tomorrow off. You're headed over to uh, Basketball Media. Yeah. Hope you learned something new. Yeah. Got to go hear what Underwood has to say about Rutgers. Yep. And they are in town on Saturday at 1 p.m. We will be back for the second hour of Sports Talk. Evan Kahn coming in. We're going to play two out of three. We're also going to hear about a new book about the Peoria Pipeline and more with Jeff Carson. Stay with us. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Monica Ricks in New York. At least three Americans are among the dead in Turkey and Syria, where a massive earthquake has killed close to 21,000 people. But CBS's Chris Livesay tells us there's still hope. We were just told that a teenage girl managed to send a text message to a friend telling her she was still alive. Now, this was just after the earthquake, and so far there's no sign of her. But that's why these rescuers are just furiously removing every piece of rubble they can, just like they are in so many other places across this earthquake-stricken territory. President Biden has promised voters that he will protect entitlement programs. In Tampa, President Biden doubled down on his vow to protect Social Security and Medicare while accusing Republicans of planning to cut funding for the programs. I know that a lot of Republicans, their dream is to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, let me say this. If that's your dream, I'm your nightmare. Republicans say Mr. Biden is mischaracterizing their proposals and intentions. We aren't planning to cut Social Security, and because I called him a liar, on the House floor, we settled that issue right there at the State of the Union. That's CBS's Nicole D'Antonio reporting. House Democrats, meantime, want George Santos booted from Congress. He's lied about 9 11. 
He's lied about the Holocaust. He's lied about his education. He's lied about his career. Uh, and as we all know, just recently, he's been now given classified access to important information and classified information that he should not have. California's Robert Garcia there. Their resolution isn't likely to hit the House floor. Back in Washington, Southwest Airlines admits that it messed up when it canceled thousands of flights around Christmas. But Captain Casey Murray with the Southwest Pilots Association says this is nothing new. For years, our pilots have been sounding the alarm about Southwest's inadequate crew scheduling technology and outdated operational processes. Unfortunately, those warnings have been summarily ignored by Southwest leaders. Leaders want more accountability from Norfolk Southern for a toxic train derailment that forced evacuations in Ohio. East Palestine Mayor Trent Conaway. We're going to hold their feet to the fire. I'm not, this is going to get swept under the rug. I'm not going to be the country bumpkin that gets, you know, talked over by a big corporation. We're, we're going to hold their feet to the fire. They're going to do what they said they're going to do, and they're going to protect the people of this town. The company's handing out bottled water as state regulators test water sources. More legal trouble for Alec Baldwin today. Attorney Gloria Allred suing on behalf of a cinematographer's family who was killed on a movie set in New Mexico. We filed a lawsuit today alleging battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, negligence, and loss of consortium. Loss of consortium is a claim which seeks to recover compensation for damages to certain relationships that are mutually dependent. Baldwin's also facing involuntary manslaughter charges. This is CBS News. Attention business owners. Stop throwing your hard-earned money away on rent. Imagine owning your own building and saving thousands every year. Sound impossible? Not if you use General Steel. General Steel can help you save thousands by owning your own custom-designed building. Just call 888-98-STEEL or visit BuyGeneralSteel.com to see how much money you can save with General Steel. Our buildings come with a 50-year warranty, and thousands of companies, from Fortune 500 corporations to startups, have trusted the General with their building needs. If you need to expand or start a new business, you really need General Steel. I'm very impressed with General Steel. Everyone's been extremely helpful. I'd recommend General Steel to anyone looking to build a steel building. Stop wasting money on rent. Call 888-98-STEEL or visit BuyGeneralSteel.com to find out what General Steel can do for your home or business. That's 888-98-STEEL. Our team will answer your questions and offer you a customized quote. Just call 888-987-8335 now or BuyGeneralSteel.com. Amid word of layoffs at Disney, some good news for movie fans. Has Elsa seemed weird to you? In his call with investors, Bob Iger announced new sequels of three hit movies in development. Frozen, Toy Story, got and Zootopia. Officer Hawk, I am in pursuit! Woo, woo! No details on casts, plots, or release dates, but Iger promises more information soon. It would be the third Frozen film, the fifth for Toy Story and second for Zootopia after last year's Disney Plus shorts series. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Raindrops are falling on my head. Legendary composer Burt Bacharach has died. He had dozens of hits and wrote songs for the likes of Dionne Warwick, Aretha Franklin, and Carole King. But he was also famous for writing TV and movie theme songs. Bacharach died of natural causes at his home in Los Angeles. He was 94 years old. Monica Ricks. CBS News. Guys, this Valentine's Day, 
Give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. Order now. News updates are brought to you by ABC Heating and Air in the middle of the day or night. ABC Heating and Air meets your emergency needs with no change in the service fee. Call ABC to always be comfortable, 352